You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello everyone and welcome to a What A Night part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Absolute delight to have you with us today. I'm joined by Dan Kilpatrick from the Evening Standard, Jude Summerfield and Shawnee Walsh to help me go through the good, the bad, the ugly and the beautiful from a really convincing last 10 minutes against Wickham alongside some interesting stuff in the build-up. So we'll we'll break it down for you. Um, firstly, everyone okay? Everyone in one piece? Dan, have you defrosted? Yeah, I've just about warmed up. It was like 10 a.m. this morning. It, I stopped feeling cold. It looked freezing, mate. It looked so, so cold. I saw pictures. I saw Reshmin Chowdhury was there and Jamie Weir was there from Sky Sports as well. They were wrapped up to the point where you could just about see their eyes. Yeah, I've got a bone to pick with Reshmin, actually. She was blocking the only monitor in the press box for the whole game. <laughs> so that wasn't Let's, ideal. Dan Kilpatrick, it, Reshmin Chowdhury, send. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was really cold and I had long johns on, but I wish I'd worn my kind of jogging tights and long johns and jeans. <laughs> it was like a three layers on my legs kind of night. And I've stupidly signed up for Millwall tonight, which feels like it's going to be sub-zero again. So Even colder. I'm about to get cold again. Has <laughs> anyone sat in any of the seats at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where they're, they're heated? Is anyone Tunnel Club. Like, yeah, like up upstairs. No, do you, it, is, is what you're about to say is, is it? Do you get a heated seat? It's I don't, I don't. Hard. But I did it once. <laughs> I was, I was once treated. I mean, I, do, like, I I'm going to make a play for it now that I've remembered. <laughs> send the message out. But I, I did it once, and my honestly, it was a freezing cold evening. My ass was on fire. It was just, it was <laughs> such, a, it was such a treat. But and it sort of just made me think of all those cold away nights where you go and sit in the press box, and the seats are like just tiny wooden seats, and you're basically just becoming a, a block of ice. It's almost enough to forgive uh, to forgive the team for a fairly slow first half, Shawnee. Or are you not giving them that? Uh, I, was, I was quite angry in the moment and was laughing when the goal went, went in, actually, because, you know, that's just what we do, isn't it? Um, but I think you can kind of look back now and say it wasn't necessarily a bad half going forward. I think we made a few chances. Bale... Look really sharp, and we'll come on to him in a bit. Um, it was just really kind of concerning that Wickham were bottom of the championship, and every time that they got forward, they looked like they could really threaten us, and that was really scary. I didn't realise at first that Joe Hart was starting either, and that kind of 
<laughs> that like, throw oh, you a bit, so did hot. it? Here we, here he goes again. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't a great, I, was not great sensation reading his name on the team sheet. I should throw out their early doors. Uh, Hunter can't be with us today, which is which is gutting. But he did send in um, a, a message to me this morning, and he said, I, "I actually thought we played quite well, just couldn't finish our dinner." Um, what was your top line takeaway, Jude? Uh, I was just absolutely knackered from all the football that went on over the weekend and um, and the Monday shenanigans at, at Chelsea that I just, I really couldn't be bothered with Spurs doing something silly like losing to 24th championship oh, yeah. place Wickham on Monday night, which would have made sense as well. That's the thing, because uh, I, don't, I don't think another top side really went out of the FA Cup over the weekend. Um, so it would have, you know, it just would have made sense had Spurs been that team. It was but, such know. a weird day yesterday, wasn't it? It was it a was really, weird. really weird day because it, it should people should have been talking about the the United Liverpool game, and by eleven a.m. that was just shelved. It all was just completely irrelevant. All the football gone out mm. the window. That's Chelsea though. They got to have the limelight, haven't they? They got to just <laughs> come in there and steal it. Um, but on the game, it was just it was just funny that you know. We couldn't take our chances and then and Dombele and Kane and Son all had to come on and then suddenly it was 4-1 in about the space of that five was, minutes at the end. Do you know what? I think maybe we'll, we'll get into that. That's both good and bad, isn't it? But it, yeah. was frightening. it was frightening watching how you introduced those three or four players. Well, Hoybier first and then Dombele, Kane, Son. And you're just thinking, jeez, there is, there's a level here, isn't there? There's It, it, it sort of just went bosh up. Up from six to midnight. Um, let's uh, let's start with the good bits then, and and we're going to talk about Gareth Bale first. I really really enjoyed his his performance last night. Um, Dan, you wrote a, a really great piece about about him, and it it felt like we saw last night a bit of the Gareth Bale that perhaps we thought might be coming in, or maybe a new version of him. Yeah, I think the latter. So Mourinho's said over and over again whenever he's been asked about Bale, that he's a different player to the one who left Spurs for Real Madrid. And I think that that's obvious and that's fair. And I do think last night, as I wrote, we saw a, a glimpse of what he means by that and what that new Bale will look like. So he was playing two kind of very different, but um, sort of interconnected roles. One is as a, a presence in the box. So he's on the end of of a couple of corners early on and he obviously should have scored after about four minutes uh, and he was also kind of you know, playing as the bell we remember really as a winger kind of driving at people and looking to get shots off but he was also dropping deep a lot and, and kind of looking to be a almost a deep lying playmaker and using his sort of left foot to try and find gaps in the, the Wickham defence with through passes and switch the play which he did a couple of times really nicely. And we did a pod that never saw the the light of day um, a few weeks ago with um, Windy, friend of the pod. And <laughs> I was saying I'd like to see Bale just kind of play more as a poacher, just sort of come alive in the box and finish chances because he's obviously good at that. And we, you know, we saw that last night and we saw it against Stoke and against Brighton. Dan, and Windy was saying, there. You used a really hmm. great turn of phrase for that. I remember, you, I think it was you that said maybe he's going to become a, a moments player. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, but Bale was a moments player when he left Spurs, right? He was like a spectacular moments player. I mean, as soon as he stopped being a, a left-back slash left-winger, 
he stopped like running games. I mean, that was the mad thing about Bale. He used to run games from the left wing, but then when AVB put him at 10, he was like just a moments player. He just didn't do much, but just used to spank it into the top corner consistently. And he can be a kind of different... He's still got that in his locker, I think, but he can be a different kind of moments player now because he's so experienced and so good at finding space. Um, but but Wendy was saying he'd like to see him actually be a kind of James Rodriguez type um, and do what he's been doing for Everton, which is to, to play as that kind of deep playmaker and use his kind of brilliant left foot to to yeah, orchestrate things from a bit further back. And I think last night we sort of saw both sides of that. You know, he, he looked like a poacher getting on the end of a few crosses, as I said, and obviously scoring the goal. But then there was also a lot of kind of dropping deep and and being a playmaker. So I think that's what Mourinho got at. And I think those two roles, rather than the kind of explosive winger that, that we all you know, loved and, and sort of hoped he could be again, I think those two roles are, are more kind of the new bail. There was one moment actually in in the second half where I think it was after we made a couple of subs and it was Bale was like kind of hugging the right touchline because when I think when Kane Song came on he just became a bit more of a periphery figure, um, but he took on their fullback and it was like it was this short kind of burst like like maybe even like just from the eighteen yard box to the touchline, but he looked so quick in that moment and I quickly went on Twitter and I saw everyone kind of had that the same brainwave they're like. Did he just show a bit of pace there? Is it maybe he's not? Maybe he's not done for yet. Maybe we can still get something out of him. It was not. It was nice to have that moment as well. It, it, I, mean, I think I last night was like right. proper kind. Sorry, Ben. I, th- I think last yeah. night was 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 properly encouraging in that he was really influential, the most influential he's been since he came back to the club. And I think for the first time, you could sort of see that with a bit of rhythm, with his fitness back. He could be a, an important player in the second half of the season. I don't think we've really seen that. And I do think if he gets his rhythm back, if he feels fit, if he feels kind of confident in his own body, which is what Mourinho talked about before the game, then he will get back that explosiveness in, in very short bursts. He's not going to kind of mic on anyone over kind of 90 <laughs> yards. But I think over 10 yards, there's no reason why he can't beat his man. Jude, did you think it was important for him to, to get that goal, having had the the big chances that he did before. Yeah, I mean, I, I like seeing him seeing him central because it, it is good for him to get on the end of things um, rather than maybe skinning players out wide, which, like you just said, that's probably not going to happen anymore. But his movement as well as his, his playmaking was really good. And if there's one thing that he really developed while at Real Madrid, it was his, it was his movement and getting on the end of things from Benzema and you know, Cruz and those sort of players. Um and like he's, he's got to be that next biggest goal threat after Son and Kane. I know Ndombele got a few, um, t- sort of towards the end when all the Wickham players were just sort of hanging off and absolutely knackered. Um, but it's good to see him, you know, getting another goal. And I think he's like the only Spurs player who scored in all four competitions this year now, like FA Cup, League Cup, Europa League, Premier League, which is nice. Which is a nice little varied threat. But yeah, it, it sounds really. I realize this sounds a little bit kind of simple, but for me, it was just really important that he scored a goal with his feet. <laughs> it's just important that he got that that feeling back of of, of of striking a ball into the net as opposed to getting a header. That's why I didn't mind too much when he mm. when he missed the header from sort of four or five yards, because I think it's important that when we get into bigger games towards the latter end of the season, if he is going to come good in that that sense that we can rely on him as a third option 
maybe off the bench, but if Son and Kane are your big two, Stevie Bergwijn is going to be the guy that does the work. If Bale comes on, you want to know that when the ball falls to him, he's going to absolutely lace it or he's going to have the composure and that sharpness to, to finish things off, which is why it was a bit of a relief to see him to see him scoring. But also then to, to see him, like Sean said, taking players on and you're thinking that might just come back a little bit more over time. I think Dan's sort of nail on the head. It's not going to be Mike on. But if he has just got enough to to shift up through the gears and just get the ball out of his feet, I was quite impressed with the fact that he was able to kind of ping the ball back across across the goal of his right foot. We've never really seen a huge amount from him going onto his right foot. Um, and it actually caused a lot of damage. I think that was what helped create the... the oh, no, that was Harry Kane, wasn't it? Helped, that helped create the, the Winks goal. I mean, that was a treat in itself. We'll come on to that. Um, did anyone else uh, have any performances you thought that stood out? I thought it was nice to see Harry Winks get man of the match. Winksy was a bit of a weird one. I saw a load of people sending for him on the uh, on He, the he took a lot of heat, didn't he? Like, I, I, I gave him something. I, I didn't think he was that good, to be fair. I thought he was on, fine. Shoot. You know, but yeah, Sean, you go for it. You obviously want to, you know, put him into the dirt a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's nothing personal. It's just I just didn't think he played that well. I thought some of his passing was sloppy. I thought he wasn't aggressive enough. I thought he was getting beaten far too often in the doors in midfield. And he, there was a couple of times where he came up wide to help the fullback out, and was no help at all. I just was just really frustrated to see someone who clearly has this kind of energy and this bite about him and not use it that way and then when he was on the board I just thought he was quite sloppy it just it was frustrating um but you know he got to go on the end that's what matters I feel oh, a bit sorry that. for him because he keeps being partnered with Sissoko and it's like this yeah, partnership that problem, we've seen yeah. again and again and again and like Winks is just a bit civ like defensively and you know that's okay that's not ideal but it's a weakness and you know, he's got other strengths to his game and then Sissoko's not really got that in a two, you don't, you just don't fancy him alongside. But you know, he got a lovely, nice goal. It's just that he, <laughs> when he when he hits footballs, he's got no power in his in his feet whatsoever. And I couldn't believe that as he just floated in. It was a lovely goal, anyway. I think it's really important that he scored. I I asked Jose the other week if he needed to get more goals, and he said some players just don't score. That's that's not part of his game. But I, I think it's pretty clear if you watch. The warm-ups, if you watch the way Winks is playing, the fact that he's trying it from distance a lot more than he used to, I think it's pretty clear that Mourinho or someone has said something to him about contributing more goals. And look, look it's just not true that you know some midfielders don't score. You make yourself so much more valuable to the team if you can chip in with a few. So I, I do think that that's important for Winks. I didn't think he was great, but I got a, I gave him. Well, I said in my player ratings that he was kind of capped a poor performance with a great goal and I got a lot of pelters for that from people Did saying you? You know, he was <laughs> very tidy and, and drove the team on yeah and and you know sometimes I think in fairness to him sometimes in, in that kind of game where you know Spurs have pretty much all the ball particularly in the second half and you're just kind of it's all it's all about what what happens in the final third it's all about someone picking the pass or getting the shot off someone like Winks who's not who's going to be, you know, the pre-assister or the pre-pre-assister might go a little bit unnoticed. So I think, you know, perhaps I was guilty of kind of just focusing too much on the forwards and, and the, the kind of clutch players in the team and not enough on sort of the work Winks and Soko were doing to build attacks. 
But I think there is there's usually a question there though, Dan, where where I agree with you. I, I think the um the tempo has to come from that player. You know, mm. and, and in a game yeah. like that, he's got to be the pace setter. He's got to be someone that is, is incisive. And you saw when Ndombele comes on, he's just so quick in terms of speed of thought that he drives the team further forward. With the same, like, the, 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 the pace of his pass is not dramatically faster. He's not fizzing balls massively quicker. It's just that he's doing the whole process more quickly. He's breaking mm. lines more quickly, whereas you feel like Winks is a little bit more considered, perhaps. Yeah, he's just a lot more more unconventional than Winks as well. You know, Winks is very much kind of take a touch, set himself head up, switch play. You know, that tends to be what what he'll do. Whereas Ndombele will, will vary his passes, I think, a lot more, which which is also helpful. That, that added kind of unpredictability. Yeah, let's we'll we'll save him for a little bit later on because I mean we've done half hour on Ndombele's. 10 minutes or whatever he got. Um, but, uh, but we'll move on to the, the bad bits. I'm going to leave Vic Piazu and, and Aldevaro for ugly. Um, but in the, in the bad, I think it's really frustrating that we conceded again. I know we come back and, and thump Wickham in the end. It's just a little bit frustrating to see us concede in a, in a game like that. And it does still feel to me that when we switch the team up, there's a quite a substantial drop-off, Jude, in terms of the the first team and then this kind of hybrid side that we seem to put out in Europa League or some of the stages of the League Cup. Yeah, it's an odd sort of second-string attack, isn't it? Um, and I'm not really sure any of them, maybe Barbale last night, actually did themselves that much justice. Because in that spot, in that, you know strong starting XI that's like first choice. I know Bergvine's there at the moment, but there is like the opportunity for someone to say, I wanna I wanna take that spot and I wanna be the guy who starts alongside Kane and Son. Um and you got players like Lamella and Mora and you know they they were fine last night, but they weren't like they weren't making any statements with their performances or anything like that. They had their moments. I think Lucas got an assist for Bale's goal, but it was a, I thought it was a real chance for one of them to say, you know, I want to be in that starting eleven. And Bar Bale, I'm not really sure those attackers really did it at all. Lamella was included. There, Sorry, Sean. Was there anything we missed, Dan, in terms of that front four that maybe just on on the night when being there in person, you felt oh, actually he played quite well. I mean, I think I'm I'm same camp as Jude. I didn't see anyone from the front four other than Bale make a real claim for a starting spot in the first eleven. No, I mean, I thought Vinicius was really poor. He held up the ball a couple of times in the first few minutes, and I thought, oh, okay, that's that's quite nice, and then just didn't do anything for about 55 minutes after that. And with him, you, you just kind of think, he's running out of opportunities, right? Because when's he going to start again? Probably Wolfsberger, at least one of the legs of that game, I would have thought. And then I don't think Mourinho would, would want to play him at Everton, and certainly doesn't look anywhere near getting in the, the League eleven at the moment. But, I mean, I think in many ways, Vinicius has kind of done his job already. Like, he, he just spared Kane playing an extra kind of 10 or 11 games in the early rounds of the Cup that he probably would have had to, you know, last season when there wasn't a second striker. So, uh, his performance was, was a bit worrying, but does it matter that much if he can keep giving Kane a rest for sort of 10 minutes at the end of games for the second half of the season. I'm not sure it does. 
And yeah, I thought Lamella and Lucas were both kind of lively, but both kind of classic Lamella and Lucas. Um, <laughs> I sort of, I sort of feel like it would be great if like either Lamella or Lucas just went and joined a championship club and just became like the best player in the league and just really enjoyed themselves for a season just because just became like amazing because they always like look class above in that game but then you can still see their limitations which which makes them kind of quite frustrating at premier league level they do feel like sean they definitely feels like with lamella i'm not sure if it's the same for lucas but I feel like he definitely serves a purpose still. I feel like he's maybe that's the the Wickham game's not the one, but if we're two one up against Liverpool on Thursday night and there's ten minutes to go and I see Eric Lamella come on, I'm overjoyed with that. You know, that is that's that's a great sub for me to to bring on. Yeah, he's a he's just a big game specialist, isn't he? Like he got the nod at Old Trafford, he was really influential in that first half of what you played. It's just it's a different it's a different kind of option, and I think I do feel for Lamella and Lucas in games like this because they're not getting as much game time now. They're kind of coming into these haphazard teams, and they've got only smaller windows of opportunity to really impress. I will, um, yeah, it's it's just going to be hard for, for them just to really set that claim because, like we said about Ber- Bergwijn's role in the team is going to be to do the hard work, and. I think Lucas and Lamella can both do that, but they is they just offer less on the ball, and it's it, it's just been hard for them to really like we we knew we were gonna have the ball yesterday, so that's the example. Didn't do a lot with it. They were obviously Lucas got the assist. Lamella had a couple of shots and made a couple of chances, but it wasn't like Juice. They weren't taking the game by the scruff of the neck. They weren't having a bail like performance. It's just that that's their role in the squad. That's I'm kind of fine with that. It's if especially if Bell can step up again and be the more goal threat. I'm fine to have a couple of players who like the the grafters, they're the big game specialists instead. That's I'm just fine with that. It's it stops having <laughs> like a, a bloated squad, isn't it? Like you know, I think the well done. Sorry, Sean. The the flip side of of that is that is the squad too narrow now. Like, I feel like it's increasingly obvious that Mourinho only really trusts about. 14 or 15 players and you kind of see that with the, the Hoiberg change I don't think that was enforced I thought initially it was like Tanganga might have got a knock but I think it was just because he wanted simultaneously more thrust from right back and more control in midfield so he felt like he had to bring Hoiberg on and probably in an ideal world he's only giving Hoiberg you know, Kane and Son maybe 20 minutes or half an hour of, of kind of sharpness before Liverpool, but he ran the risk of you know Hoiberg potentially playing seventy five minutes, you know a half plus extra time, just because I think he felt he he couldn't really go on uh, with, without that midfield platform. And I think you know there's a few positions in the team now where there's just not competition for the first team players that Mourinho trusts. And and with the Europa League restarting and the FA Cup getting serious, that is a bit of an issue. We should uh, come on to the the ugly stuff. I but I I kind of almost want to do this with, by adding a little asterisk into this. I, I I thought it was honestly a little bit funny. I felt so felt so bad watching Tony Alderweireld have to grapple <laughs> with it because it was it was frightening the size of the guy. Like he is absolutely enormous. He's a tank. He's stacked. Alderweireld like in person is massive. You know he's a big guy. And he was made to look, made to look tiny, 
Was it as in in real life, Dan? Was it as much of a mismatch as it looked, just in terms of the physicality? A little bit, yeah. I mean, it was it wasn't a great look for Alderweireld being bullied by him, <laughs> and I think he was at times. Yeah, he, he had a he, he had a bad afternoon. I thought a bad evening. I thought as as did Sanchez uh, again, and. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a huge amount more to say. I mean, I, I'm really interested to see if Mourinho plays the back three against Liverpool. Um, I kind of feel like, on the one hand, that was a you know perhaps a, a specific measure for Sheffield United. On the other hand, I just wonder if he's like, you know what, I, I can't really trust any of these two centre backs in a pair in the league. We just need that extra security <laughs> of, um, of of Ben Davis as, as the third one in there. Um, so I'd, I'd be interested to see if, if that if that happens um, because yeah I mean we we know Liverpool aren't bad uh, up front. It was, it, it was I saw one of your tweets, Sean. I think I think it was you actually. You said he's been literally brought to his knees. Yeah, he had been. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to grapple him back, and it's like, oh no, I'm going down. <laughs> Not quite going down, storm. It's, it it was down. straight to the knees. <laughs> I felt, I felt bad for him. I, I, it, it, it's such a it was such an FA Cup thing to see, wasn't it? And to see Akin Femme come on as well, you know, and just come and just be like, come on and just be a nuisance and be incredibly strong and physical. And to be fair, look, Oliver, uh, 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 Akin Femme has got a very nice touch. He, he linked play quite nicely when he came on, but you know that he's the main headache that he's going to cause is that defenders can't get anywhere near him because he's so big. Um, but it, it just is, it was a little bit, I just thought it was a little bit of a shame to see us go behind like that because it immediately just kind of, it, it, it took you from being like, oh, Wickham are doing all right, like they're, they're managing to cling on here a little bit to, okay, this is annoying now. And I think you saw in the, you, you saw in the last 10 minutes when we went up a gear that it suddenly just burst into like, right, okay, let's kill him. This is like, it's not <laughs> enough to win this game 2-1. You, you've had your, you've had your fun. All right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no more fun. I mean, when Ndombele came on, I think they were all just, they were knackered by that point. They put in so much effort and so much, so many hard yards that space was just appearing a lot more frequently. Tottenham were seeing all of the ball. And when you've got, I mean, Ndombele is difficult enough for Premier League sides to tackle anyway. And then when there's all that space and you've got tiring championship legs, like it is, it just felt like a bit of a cheat code to just go. Yeah, we're just going to slam this oh, guy on for twenty minutes and then. Yeah. Didn't it just? Let's do, let's do let's do him in the beautiful then because it was just a joy again. Like it's getting more and more fun to watch him every week, and I can't. I I, I know I do, I bring him up all the time, but just we're starting to see him add goals in as well, which is massive because we were on the. Po- I remember we were on the pod weeks ago and we were saying we're not getting enough goals from midfield. Um, mm. And he's really starting to chip in now, you know. And the finish is very composed. Yeah, I think the the kind of difference for him will be he. We've all known, all Spurs fans have known all season. That he's just been a kind of joy to watch in most games, and, and he's always producing these brilliant moments. You know, be it a piece of skill or a pass or something, and you can kind of see him almost in real time in the last few weeks just kind of going up a level and contributing these brilliant moments as decisive moments in front of goal um, and it, it wasn't just his two goals I mean the, the reason Wink scored was because he totally unlocked Wickham with a pass for Kane 
that, that Allsop made a very good save from and then the ball kind of came out to Winks and Allsop was still a bit out of position. So, I mean, he was a the, the architect of the winning goal, really. Um, so, yeah, he, he's just suddenly kind of becoming this player who's not only kind of running games in the midfield and, and producing all these eye-catching moments, but also deciding games. And, and that's potentially, yeah, the, the mark of a, of a really special player. We said that last week, didn't we? Like that would be that would have to be the difference between him and Dembele. He would have to be the one to add those goal contributions to his game to be more of a game changer in that sense, to to have more of an impact further up the field. So it's really nice that as soon as we said that, he scored two in the last minute, including one where he wasn't even looking. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> That second one was just outrageous. The Did you hear the commentary like... for it? No, no. What did they say? <laughs> I didn't realise it until I saw a video of it back about an hour ago. Ian Dark says that he clattered it into the net. No <laughs> way. He clattered it. He clattered it into the net. That's quality. Oh, dear me. It was just a gorgeous bit of skill, though, wasn't it? It's so nice. And you see a player just do they're at that level of confidence where they're just going to do anything. And you feel like with him now, I'm now buzzing to watch him against Liverpool. I can't wait to see him sort of jink out of a few challenges in the midfield against potentially. I'd, we have to wait and see whether it is um, Fabinho and Henderson at the back or whether it's Matip. Supposedly Matip will be fit to play with with Fabinho in that one so um let's go on to talk a little bit about that game actually Dan you you brought up the the three at the back potentially um Jude what do you reckon to the the three four three there's been moments where we've seen that and it's looked really really good it's definitely definitely helped Regulon hasn't it yeah it'll free up Regulon and if we have Regulon and Son flying at Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back who has been a bit shaky this year, you know, down to a load of different factors, um, then that 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 would be a positive. I would worry about if it's going to be Hoybier and then Dombele as a two in midfield. We'd obviously surrender a lot of possession. But you know what? Well, that might be okay because Liverpool haven't really scored that often this season or in like the last few uh, last few games. I mean, I don't want to like jinx, jinx things or anything, but you know... They're not scoring goals, and if we can if we can hit them on the break with players like Regulon getting down our left and and Dombele creating space in 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 central areas, um, and then we've got that sort of blanket for Ben Davis. I mean, I don't think Ben Davis usually has excellent games against Liverpool, from what I remember. I think there's one game no, in particular at Anfield. <laughs> there's one game in particular at Anfield. I think he got ruined all game by Sadio Mane. I think. But it might it might prove to be the best option, unless they throw Sissoko in as a third centre mid as well. Sean, do you reckon? Um, I've heard so many people say this game is going to play out exactly the same way that the game at that game at Anfield played out, um, just in terms of the strategy side of it and the possession and the territory. Um, is that the way you see it, or do you think it might be a little bit different? I think in terms of tactics, it will be largely be like that. But I think. I think at Anfield, we should remember that was probably one of our better performances this season where we actually did look threatening on the counter. We did make chances. And I think it'll be like that again. I mean, since we went into that game and it was it was first versus second, wasn't it? Like we were saying, oh, this could be a title assignment. But since then, we've both been really crap. But <laughs> thankfully, that, their confidence looks a bit more shot than ours. So I think it'll be one where 
they, I think they'll feel the pressure where they have to control the ball. They'll come to control the ball. We'll be fine with that. But then just because of the players we've got and the style we play and their defensive fragility, it will, there will be chances for us. And I don't, I don't think we're going to struggle in that area. I think I'm talking myself into confidence here that we might do it. I'm not <laughs> such a bogey team. <laughs> such a horrible thought. There's such yeah. a bogey team for Spurs. It's ridiculous. Like all the bullshit moments that Spurs have had in like the last two years, it's because of Liverpool. <laughs> all those games. That was you know, see that thread on Twitter. Like you could you could make this video package of all these horrible horrible moments that we've had against Liverpool. Like what was it? Sissoko, Anfield, obviously the Champions Blazing League final. Over. Yeah, just. The older Viraldo own goal with Lloris yeah, as well. That That's as the well. same game, yeah. isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Horrible. But we're going to yeah. win. <laughs> I, I feel quite confident. I mean, you, it, it, it's it, only Absolutely Ian Dark made the point again last night. The last defeat was against Leicester. I mean, it was a it was a rubbish defeat and, and it wasn't a good game. And we'd obviously just lost to Liverpool and we'd had the, the really annoying draw with Palace. But since then, haven't haven't lost in in any comps since the the twentieth of December. So gone a month without without losing. Yes, we haven't played particularly brilliant teams, and we've had a couple of dicey performances in there against Wolves and against Fulham. But it does feel like we've just built up our armour a little bit again, doesn't it? Like it feels like we just start to go to a point where there might be a little bit more confidence there. Yeah, and I, and I think it does feel like. Spurs have been almost building to beating Liverpool in this style. As the guy said, that it feels like with every game it, it almost gets closer. It's like oh, okay, that that game was even closer than the one before. Maybe next time <laughs> yeah. we'll do it. It'll be an even closer to one last. Yeah. Um, so it, it's felt like it's it's been in the post for for a while. Um, which probably means the game will go completely unexpectedly, and Spurs will have. 84% possession or something mad but um yeah I, I i can't see um a particular deviation of styles as i said the, the back the back three would be really intriguing um i think on an individual level it's, love the it back suits three. I think that'd be cool. the squad pretty well and i think also the the big conundrum at the beginning of the season right was you didn't want to play that because everyone was desperate to see a kind of lacelso hoiberg and indomble midfield and you know that dream is is at least for the time being kind of um, not a possibility. So it, I think it makes it makes it easier uh, for Mourinho to to pick that side. Um, it's just whether he wants one of one of Winks or Sissoko in there, as Jude says. Um, but uh, I, th- I think another interesting factor will be kind of how sharp the the, the first team looks after. Pretty much an eleven-day break. I mean, I know a few of them played last night, but you know, Dyer won't have played for eleven days. I, mean, I know he he likes to play every three days when he can, and Regulon won't have. Um, you know, th- this could be a massive advantage in this mad season against Liverpool side who have looked pretty tired from from the off, or it could be, you know, it's going to be a game of, of fine margins again. So it could be, you know, rustiness in, in, in the final third, which. Which is sort of costly again. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to actually, which which is something. I've not always I said should, that about games against Liverpool. For listeners, I should point out that that Jude is wincing 
at the moment. I mean, it's, doing it's, it's going to be it's it's a little more than just a wince. It was it's, very it's, dramatic. <laughs> but it, but it, like that face that you were pulling, Judy, is like pretty much the face that I pull for the entirety of these games. Like, it, there's no even against City and against perhaps less so against Arsenal. There's you can't relax until the full time whistle goes. Just because of the style that we're playing, because we're sitting in and, and, and sort of inviting teams on. You spend the entire game just completely tense, and I'm sure it'll be the, the same again this time. It's a really good just, workout, actually. It, it is, <laughs> like, I, I'm, uh, Tommy, who works for the club, who used to work with us, put a tweet up during the City game, I think, of his, of his Apple Watch measuring his heart rate. And oh, it was yeah. sending him a message to say that like he was like reaching a sort of dangerous heart rate and he should think about sitting down and he was obviously already sat down like it just it, it, it's not good for the ticker and um, just before we go dan is there any update on lacelso have we heard anything just in terms of when we might see him back no not really i don't i haven't heard anything i don't think he can be too far away because i think before this break this kind of 11 or 10 day break Mourinho had said a, a few weeks so yeah, it would be nice. I, th- I think one thing his absence has is, is done is kind of forced Dembele to get f- Ndombele <laughs> to get to get fitter because he, yeah, you know, he's now completed ninety minutes against Sheffield United and done well for ninety minutes. Whereas previously, I think there was, there was a lot of reliance on on the sixty minute Lo Celso sub. So in, in an ideal world, he'll kind of come back and start getting up to speed but Ndombele will be be able to, to to sort of carry on regardless well look fingers crossed it's not too long but in the meantime we'll enjoy some of the tangy ma- magic and, and hopefully it's for 90 minutes against Liverpool and um, we'll be back on Friday and we'll uh, update you hopefully off the back of Spurs winning 2-1 as opposed to losing 2-1 um, I hope you enjoyed the pod if you did and you haven't subscribed do think about subscribing and leaving us a rating and a review it'd be very much appreciated make sure you follow all the guys on Twitter they're a great follow and we'll see you all on Friday what a feeling what a night support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corian.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.